Are you afraid to try out new things out of the fear of it not working out or not venturing out of your comfort zone because you don't want to waste your time? Or do you usually operate based on the idea of saving as much as you can? Saving money, saving resources, saving time? Or maybe you tend to prioritize only the things that will help you to reach your goals, like your career goals, your fitness goals. And so you're always on the go, trying to be as productive as you can and don't really even have enough time for yourself. If yes, you're probably living through your survival beliefs. This episode will help you understand where these beliefs came from so that you can be more compassionate towards yourself when things don't work out the way you'd hoped it to go. Welcome to the Slow Down Time Podcast. I'm Van Anne, a second-generation Vietnamese-Australian, on my journey away from being the busy and stressed-out primary school teacher into a slower, more present version of myself. This podcast is here to help you rediscover what it is you want and to begin letting go of cultural pressure to rush through life. Yes, you'll question your identity, your life decisions, and begin trusting yourself to fully live with intention. I'm so excited to be your host and to walk you through this journey. Let's get into the episode. Welcome back to the podcast. I am doing something a little bit different today. So I don't normally record on video. I don't record these solo episodes, but I thought today I'll do something different, (laughs) which I've been doing a lot of lately and just take me out of my comfort zone and allow me to do things a little bit more creatively or do things a little bit differently and just testing myself constantly, right? So today we are talking about survival beliefs, which is basically the belief that stems from a need to survive, to get through the day and hope and work towards a future where life will be better. That if you do all the right things today, then tomorrow will be a little bit easier. And this usually starts off with the need to survive. Maybe it was a traumatic experience where your basic needs weren't fully met. Or maybe there was a lack of safety or it was difficult to access food or shelter. So in our case, as second generation women, second generation immigrants, more likely it was our parents who experienced this need to survive. And if their story was anything at all like my parents, they probably had to go through some pretty eventful and traumatic experiences, like running for their lives, literally, (laughs) leaving their family and staying in refugee camps, not knowing what lay ahead. So basically they had no control, no certainty and no stability. And then finally being able to step foot in their new life but still going through so many challenges, like finding a job. And the only jobs they were able to get were labor-intensive blue-collar jobs. They had to learn a new language. And all at the same time, while they were taking care of their family. Our parents went through a lot. And all of that for our future and the opportunities that we now have. And for a big chunk of their lives, and that still continues on today, 
they have just had to survive. Everything they did was to satisfy their basic needs, like shelter, food, clothes. And these beliefs came about out of necessity. But even now, as it's not an issue of safety or security, these survival beliefs still persist. And they've even been passed on to us as their children who have grown up with them and picked up so many of their thoughts and behaviours, whether directly or indirectly, just because it's seen as normal to us. Now, let's talk about some of the survival beliefs that you've witnessed in action from other people, like your parents, or maybe you might even catch yourself demonstrating it too. So the first survival belief is choosing seriousness over fun. My parents were always the first to say no to fun. As kids, my siblings and I would ask them to join us when playing outside or playing cards or watching cartoons, or even just doing a jigsaw puzzle. But they always said no. And as kids, we probably felt quite disappointed at first, but then we got used to it. We just expected them to say no, but we'd still ask anyway. And as kids, we just wanted them to play with us. But I guess that was a part of their survival beliefs. Because for years, they weren't allowed to have fun. They worked countless hours a week to financially provide for us and every cent they had left, they saved in a bank account or invested so that we would have more for our future. That was a priority for them over having fun, over spending on unnecessary purchases that didn't benefit their future or ours. It was all serious. And if you're having too much fun, you're not going to have a successful future. That's what they thought. And if you follow me on Instagram, at underscore kind of heart, then you might know this story. It's about my mum and the movies. And this was probably two years ago when we invited her out to the movies. And it was a drive-in cinema. So you basically just had to sit in the car. And after some convincing, she agreed to go. So we packed our food, we had a blanket, we had pillows, we wanted to get comfy, right? So we're watching the movie, I think it was Spider-Man, so it wasn't even like a slow-paced movie, it was an action, like Marvel movie. And we're watching this movie and five minutes in, or 15, I think, I can't quite remember, but five, let's say five minutes in, she is sleeping, So she wanted to see the movies for the first time in her life and she fell asleep. That's what happened. So she wanted to go sleep instead of watch. So that's just a a story that popped up in my mind while thinking about this, about not wanting to have fun, basically. And as for myself, as a kid, I was also quite serious most of the time. I always tried to do the right thing and work hard on the chores, on my schoolwork. I try to get them done on time. And of course, working hard at work as well, in my job, in my career, and all of the other responsibilities that I had. And it was only when I completed all of the serious stuff, then I would allow myself to have fun. Like I was okay with 
having a good time and enjoying myself when it was a dedicated time. But when it was supposed to be productive time, I was serious and focused on fulfilling my responsibilities the best that I could. And since I started working, I've been trying to work on cultivating my childlike nature, my playfulness, and just enjoying everything in that moment, even if it's more on the serious side. Now, this has been a work in progress since I'm naturally not as flexible or spontaneous, but I'm really trying to work on this. I'm learning that survival also relies on me being able to be creative and not being in that fixed mindset because you would need a break from that serious stuff, right? Which is like life and achieving big milestones and supporting your family and all that. So that's the first survival belief, which is choosing seriousness over fun. So let me know if you also have this tendency to choose seriousness over fun. Let me know. This second survival belief is about choosing safety and comfort over risk. Because we all want to be comfortable and safe, right? But let me ask you a question. Would you want to be in the same place in life, working the same job, having the same daily routine, and never traveling? That's also safe and comfortable, right? But you probably don't want to do that. But yet we have this need to base a lot of our decisions, even big decisions, on whether we feel comfortable or safe. Our immigrant parents experienced so many kinds of dangers and risks, even just leaving their home country. They risked their life. They lost their belongings, their possessions. They might have even lost some friends along the way because they had to be literally in the face of danger, which I can't even imagine. So when they finally made it to the other side, so to speak, they put down their roots and tried to establish as much safety and comfort as they could. It was them making sure that they never had to go through that again. And better yet, if we as their children and their family never have to experience what they had to go through. And so growing up, you might have heard a lot of their worries or their concerns about safety and about your comfort, like not walking the streets alone at night, especially if you're a girl. (laughs) But also they make sure that you bring a jacket so you won't get cold, which is to do with your comfort, right? Or when your parents cook soup or congee when you're sick, it's also about your comfort. These are just some basic examples, but you've inherited some of their worries into how you approach life now. So you might not put your hand up to take on a new project where you feel inadequate and feel that you won't be able to handle the extra work and the stress and responsibilities. Or you hold yourself back from going for a new job and having to go through the application and interview process, which is quite uncomfortable and really gets you thinking about your qualities and showcasing that to someone else. When you can just easily say you're comfortable where you are, even if you don't particularly enjoy it. Or maybe you stop yourself from traveling because you're afraid of going out alone and you don't like solo travel. But You can't sync up your interests or sync up your schedule with anyone. And so you never go 
or it takes you a while to organize that trip. Safety and comfort is a natural human need, but when your parents experience some deeply traumatic experiences, safety and comfort becomes a priority. So let me know if you've ever held yourself back from doing something or going for something out of fear because you don't want to feel uncomfortable. That is one of your survival beliefs in action. Now, this next survival belief is one that'll hit home for a lot of us. And it's about saving resources, which covers saving money, saving material possessions like hoarding and unnecessary spending. And a lot of you might nod along during this part of the podcast because it's very, very relatable. In terms of saving money, My parents always tried to find the best bargains at the markets and haggled to get a lower price. They bought secondhand items, which is a cool sustainable trend now called thrifting, but back in the day, I didn't think it was so cool. They bought secondhand items. They'd fix whatever they could to save money, like old clothes, which my mom used to do some sewing back in Vietnam, so she could easily do that stuff. But they would also fix electronics so they'd save on having to buy a new one. And I must admit, my dad is really good at fixing gadgets and appliances. So it is a great skill to have and one that he's probably been honing for decades now. So saving money, hoarding, collecting things is another commonality that our parents might have. A big thing that my mum collects is takeaway containers which I'm also guilty of. (laughs) She collects it to be reused when she wants to share cooking. So it really is practical, but it becomes impractical when she has way too many and runs out of room to store it all. So hoarding and collecting things has to do with it being able to be used in the future. So basically you save money from not having to buy it twice when you already had it to begin with. So another part of saving resources is unnecessary spending, which is only justifying your purchases when it's needed. If it's just a want, and especially if it's more of a luxury purchase or upgrade, you keep going back and forth and become super indecisive. And possibly you buy it and enjoy it, but also deep down you feel a bit guilty for spending all that money on it. Or you don't end up buying it at all, but it's still in your mind which has been me lately in regards to buying a Thermomix, (laughs) which I haven't purchased, so I know the feeling. It's still in my mind constantly. So all of these examples really have to do with saving money, which is part of the core survival instincts of our immigrant parents. They came to a new country with just what they had in their pockets and had to start from scratch. They had to navigate a new world where they didn't know the language and had to somehow find a way to earn a living to support their family in the new country and even support their family back home. So it's completely understandable if you inherited some of their survival beliefs in terms of money because money is really the center of everything and all our decisions somehow relate to money. So sometimes you might feel a little bit of pressure to save money and the expectation to invest it for your future, which is what our parents have done for us. 
Let me know if this resonates. Now, in contrast to the previous survival belief, this next one might be a little bit more subtle. And this is the idea of being invisible. Now, it isn't about being seen or acknowledged or not seen and unacknowledged for the hard work that you do. It's more about not wanting to stand out, which in Western culture, this is probably seen as a weakness, as something to change about yourself. That to be noticed and be successful, you have to be extroverted and outspoken to stand out from the crowd and put your hand up for everything. So this is what your parents might have faced every single day when they first arrived in a new country. When they experienced challenges in the new country for the first time and had to overcome them on their own and speak up about it, that's really hard especially when communication and languages is an issue. And our parents couldn't quite blend in to society physically and because the way they speak and the way they live is completely different cultures. It's a clash, right? So our parents couldn't blend in. They just learnt to put their heads down and to keep moving forward with their life, doing what they could. So they might have experienced discrimination when they stood out. So being invisible was easier. So from your parents' survival beliefs of staying invisible, you've probably learned some of their ways too, like being obedient and doing what your parents instruct you to do, like going to school, uni, just so you can get a good job. And they might have even tried to get you to do the same thing, follow the same career as other successful people. You might have learned to conform to their ideas of a successful life, which is what I call the life formula, which is the expected path that a lot of immigrant families and immigrant parents try to encourage because their friends are also doing that and their friends' kids are doing that as well. So it's also followed by the community. Now, this survival belief can also show up for you in many ways. So here are some examples like, not wanting to speak up when you disagree with how things are working at work or how things are running at work, I should say. But maybe you're afraid of voicing your opinions because then you'll stand out and you're thinking, am I the only one thinking this? Or when you don't ask for help when you're struggling with something because you learned that if there's a problem in your life, it might mean that there's a problem with you. So you just keep quiet, be invisible. No one knows about your problems and So there's nothing wrong with you at all. So basically, if you stand out from the crowd, you might be judged negatively in some way. I'm curious to know if you've experienced this survival belief that you'd rather be invisible, which is safer and much more comfortable. So talking about comfort, this leads us into our last survival belief that you not only want to be in your little bubble of comfort, but you'd go to great lengths to make sure that others are feeling comfortable too. Now, of course, this is an amazing trait, wanting to take care of other people and showing empathy and compassion for others. But it really becomes a problem when you go out of your way to help others at the expense of yourself, your health, your time that you need to use for work and other responsibilities. And this is also a part of people-pleasing. 
which could be a whole episode in itself or even multiple. Let me know if you want to hear more about that. But going out of your way to help people at the expense of yourself, that's a problem. And the thing is, it might have been so common in immigrant families. And the biggest one that I can think of is when you're hosting a dinner or a barbecue or some food-related family event. And the mums and aunties are cooking and they're doing everything behind the scenes. They're making sure that everyone's seated and they're comfortable and they have a drink and and the kids are doing okay. And everybody's ready and waiting for them. And they're, they're saying, oh, just eat, don't worry, just eat first and I'll eat later. And so they're always the last to be seated and the last to be served their food. Have you ever seen that happen in your family? So this need to make others feel comfortable can also happen to us in our lives today. We might present this survival belief in our lives today, especially with our superiors or someone who's above us who we should show respect to. So our parents had to make others feel comfortable because some people felt uncomfortable with immigrants coming into the country. So in making others feel comfortable, they were able to maintain their jobs, to continue to earn a living to support the family and themselves. And of course, they wanted to make their family feel comfortable. They wanted to provide food and shelter and clothing, like the basic needs, because ultimately they do all that they do because it centers around family. And of course, they want their family back home to feel comfortable as well. And so they send a portion of their hard-earned money so that their family back at home can live more comfortably too. So do you prioritize others' comfort over your own sometimes? Let me know. Now let's do a quick summary. The five common survival beliefs among second-generation women and second-generation immigrants in general are choosing seriousness over fun, choosing safety and comfort over risk, saving resources, being invisible, and making sure that others are comfortable. These beliefs have come up a lot in conversations with my coaching clients and have taken a lot of conscious effort to uncover, to see how it impacts and limits their life today. So let's move away from these survival beliefs and the need to just survive, but instead live to thrive and live in abundance. Remember that you're a human being, not a human doing. Talk to you in the next episode. If you resonated with this topic and want to explore it deeper with me as your life coach, guiding and cheering you on, then apply for Living With Intention. It's a fully personalized program to help you unlearn your survival beliefs, rediscover your identity and redefine your version of a successful life. I've linked it in the show notes and I can't wait for you to start living with intention.